You're not alone to title this message this morning. School was out, and 10-year-old Charlie was thrilled to be out of London celebrating Christmas in the country. Driving along the winding roads with his mom, he was captivated by the snowy winter landscape. But suddenly, the snow got heavy, the visibility turned bad, and the car slid out of control into a ditch. Charlie tried to push while his mother pressed the accelerator, but it was no use. They were stuck. They left the car and walked down the road. When they knocked on the door of a little house and asked for help, flustered, the lady invited them in and to use the phone and warm up while they made, she made them tea and cookies. So you might be asking, what's so special about that? Just another everyday event? No, at least not to the woman who opened the door. That day, she already had told the story hundreds of times, and can you blame her? It's not every day that the Queen of England and Charles, Prince of Wales, turns up at your doorstep. On a winter's night over 2,000 years ago, the Prince of Peace knocked on our door. And it was no accident. The Bible says it happened to fulfill the Lord's message. He will be called Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew 1, 18 through 23. And this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but when she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, being a just man, decided to break the engagement quietly so as not to disgrace her publicly. As he considered this, he fell asleep, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to go ahead with your marriage to Mary, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. The Lord's prophet mentioned there in Matthew is Isaiah 7.14 says, All right, then, the Lord himself will choose the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. We'll call him Emmanuel. God is with us. So we make this declaration, this announcement this morning, the proclamation, you are not alone. God answers in his word, his absolute, to these four words, four words of his own. It's God's pronouncement. God is with us. He is saying to us in a very strong, very precise, very booming voice, No, you are not alone ever. I am. The great I am is with you always. What great security and hope that we should get from that, actually, as we take that into our hearts. No greater blessing can be conceived than for God to live with his people. He lives within us now in the power of the Holy Spirit, and we know that. But someday we who are followers of Christ will live in God's city with him forever. That is our hope. His promise that he never fails to keep, Isaiah 60, 18 through 20. Violence will disappear from your land. The desolation and destruction of war will end. Salvation will surround you like city walls, and praise will be on the lips of all who enter there. No longer will you need the sun or the moon to give you light, for the Lord your God will be your everlasting light, and he will be your glory. The sun will never set, the moon will not go down, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your days of mourning will come to an end. Ezekiel 48:35. The distance around the entire city will be six miles. And from that day, the name of the city will be, the Lord is there. Revelation 21:23. And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. Jesus is the one who is called God with us. The designation evokes John 1, 14 and 18. So the Word became human and lived here on earth among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. 
and we have seen his glory and the glory of the only Son of the Father. No one has ever seen God, but his only Son, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has told us about him. If that were not enough, Jesus promised before his ascension to be with the Father, that he would be with us to the end of the age. The end of age is this age, the church age, the age of grace, Matthew 28, 20. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus promised in Matthew 18, 20, For where two or three are gathered to, together, because they are mine, I am there among them. Four words, wonderful life-giving, hope-giving, joy-giving, spoken by God Almighty himself, spoken to his precious creation, to us. God is with us. Let me ask you this morning, what's the significance of these words from God himself to you personally, spoken from his heart to yours? What do they mean to you? Do they alter your life in any way? Do they hold great power in your daily thought process and in your daily actions? Do they carry any more weight this time of the year than any other time of the season? For some folks, they really need to hear these four words during Advent, the arrival celebrate the birth of Christ. Christmas can be a lonely time. Maybe you've lost your job, your family, your sense of hope, and the joy of others can be a painful reminder of what you've lost. But you're not alone. You may feel lonely, but you're not alone. God is with you. He really is. Believe that and open your heart to find and have a blessed Christmas. But sadly, for some, this is the season to be gloomy. Maybe you're feeling low this season. You're not alone. Amid cheery songs, festive parties, gifts, good wishes, many lonely people are crying or dying on the inside. Maybe you're one of them. Or you know someone who is. This is tough business. Maybe it's a relationship problem, romantic estrangement, family strife. Perhaps you've lost somebody to the grave and this will be the first year without it. Most of us know what that's like. Well, next Sunday, the 18th of December at 4, Cassandra's Pastor Jeff was talking about he's going to have a griever's Christmas here. If you if you are grieving, if you're part of that, you come and be a part about this. I think God has gifted this woman, or I know she has, to be able to help people. You remember the King's Christmas song, Blue Christmas? Words about mourning, a mourning, heartbreaking, lost love. Performers from the Beach Boys? Celine Dion, Laura Lamb, John Bon Jovi have recorded it. It's amazing how music alters your mood. If you are down and depressed, certain music you shouldn't listen to, and Blue Christmas is probably one of them. Unless you Google this one on, uh, on this song on Blue Christmas, and it might cheer you up a little bit. Let's watch. It's my favorite rendition. Without you, 
I like that better than Elvis's, but that's me. Laughter's good for the soul, isn't it? I believe that God wants us to laugh and enjoy His creation with each other. Love each other, bless each other, and serve each other. Not just during the Christmas season, but 365 days a year. Advent, the arrival, four Sundays before Christmas. Why did he arrive? So he could go here and do this. Then do this. This is pretty much the Christmas story to me. So he could do this. And all for you and I. Himself, so sent from heaven with a shout, with the voice of God, the trump of God, the voice of the archangel. But then Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive or remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. First Thessalonians 4 16, 17, and 18 says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. As you live your life as a follower of Christ, do you ever, we ever comfort each other with these words? There's that hope that any moment, the next breath you take, that we'd hear that trumpet and the eastern sky split, we'd all be out of here. I think that's that, 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 that keeps us going sometimes, or it does me, to know this is not it. To know that when this heart stops and Diane does whatever she wants with this old carcass, and as I've said a thousand times, put it in a box and take it to the cemetery and put it in the grave and throw dirt on it and then come back to the church and eat potato salad. But I won't be there. That's the point. It's the thrust of the gospel. It's why Pastor Jeff and I, it's, it's why we preach what we do. It's why we, uh, with Steve and, and Christopher, the kids and the music and 
Kurt, with all the other things that we do, it, it all comes down to this one thing. Do you know Jesus? Is He in your heart? That is, that is the point. And that's, that's what Christmas is about. That, it, it's about that. It's about the birth. And hopefully you've had that birth in your, in your heart. Four words to always remember in every situation, in all circumstances in our lives. You are not alone. You're never alone. Because of these four words from God himself spoken directly to you, God is with us. We, we should have that. It should be part of our, our, our life to know that, to understand it, to accept it. And every moment of the day to, to rehearse that. God is with us. Every circumstance. He's with you at home. He's with you at work. He's with you at school. He's with us 24-7, everywhere we are. God's with us in the good times. And he's with us in the bad times. God's with us when we sin. He's right there beside us and within us. It's up to us to acknowledge Him, to pay attention, to be constantly aware of His divine presence. We, and I say this a lot, we're good actors. Our world could be crumbling. Our hearts could be in shambles and broken and crushed. And we'll come in here and smile and shake hands like, there is nothing wrong with me. But God knows that. That's the coolest thing about God. He knows what we're thinking. He, know, he knows our hearts. You can't fool Him. I've tried and it's impossible. Maybe you're here this morning and you're tired of friends who betray or manipulate or disrespect or desert you. But here's the thing to know God will never do that. He cares for you. He values you. He will always listen to you. He'll always comfort you. You can trust Him. One learned believer put it this way. Since God did not spare even His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, won't God who gave us Christ also give us everything else? His point that God loved us enough to come and to die and to believe and pay that penalty for our wrong. What a demonstration of love that is. Maybe you need to say something like this to Christ this morning. Jesus, I need you. Thanks for dying and rising again for me. Please forgive me, enter my life, and give me eternal life. Help me become good friends with you and learn to follow your lead. That, that's the message that we take with us today and for the rest of our lives, actually. Life gets tough, and we go back to that. If God is with us, we're never, we're never Lord, we love Him. Help us to understand that this morning. May it all sink deep within us. Your presence, our awareness of your constant presence. We allow you to help us live our lives, to make decisions, guide our actions and our words for us. We might be the kids that you have us to be. Thanks again for these girls on stage, Father. What a great job this morning, and what a blessing it is that they've seen the need in their lives, young lives, to serve you and be who they need to be in you. And I thank you for that. I thank you for their parents, Father, bringing them to church, being that witness in their lives. So right now, this morning, Father, we give you all the praise and the glory. Thank you for being so good to us. For we ask in the name of Christ. Amen.